0: The grace, the mercy, the love that is ours because of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is yours and will be yours through Jesus Christ. The word of God that I direct your attention to this morning, this special occasion the Apostle Paul records for us in his second epistle to Timothy. Timothy. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, as you prayed for your disciples to be strengthened by your truth, your word, so to sanctify us in our faith and in our Christian living, to the glory and praise of you, our Savior. Amen. You may have oftentimes or from time to time played a word association game. Someone might ask you to speak of the first word that comes to mind when they give you a word. If I said to you, PC, those of you living here in the Silicon Valley area, might be inclined to think of PC as that personal computer. And if you think in terms of your personal computer, you can think in terms of the components of that computer, it's hard drive, it's motherboard, but it also has within that PC a RAM, random access memory. I want you to change your thought a little bit this morning away from the idea of PC being a personal computer. Some of you might be inclined to think, well, wait a minute, Pastor Found, PC is the name of our new pastor. His name in English is Paul Chung. Yes, I also know him as Jun Ho Chung. But PC has a couple of other Meanings for us too today. It has the association with the fact that we have a personal Christ. And that personal Christ is also the one who gives us the instructions to preach Christ. So, regardless of which way you want to look at PC other than the personal computer, let's give thought to the personal Christ. Who, yes, blesses us with Ram, because he gives us a personal relationship. He gives to us a personal assignment, and he gives to us a personal message. The the Apostle Paul, we first, of course, meet him in the Bible as Saul, the persecutor of the church, the one who later on could say, I could boast about my, my lineage, a Jew of Jews, a Pharisee of Pharisees, a do-gooder who thought I was doing the best thing for the church by gathering together Christians, the people of the way, and persecuting them, until the Lord changes his life in a most dramatic way. Part of Saul the part that we know as Paul. Became that missionary, traveled through modern-day Turkey, modern-day Greece. And as he made those missionary journeys that we can read about in the book of Acts, there are a number of times that he goes through a community known as Lystra. Lystra is central modern-day Turkey. In biblical times, it was part of Galatia which the Apostle Paul would later write the epistle to the Galatians. But what happens in in Lystra is that he meets up with a family. And initially it was probably just three people. It was the grandma, the mother, and a young son. The young boy's name was Timothy. Now, Timothy doesn't have a pedigree like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, a direct descendant of the tribe of Benjamin, back to Abraham. Timothy is mixed blood. He has a Hebrew mother, but he has a Greek father, who may very well have been even an unbeliever. But in spite of their differing backgrounds, these two individuals, the elder statesman Paul and the young man Timothy, become great friends. Timothy becomes a traveling companion on the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. Timothy is going to visit with the Apostle Paul in, Jerusalem, in Rome where Paul is on trial for his faith. And ultimately, of course, would lose his life for the sake of the gospel. But when the Apostle Paul writes about Timothy, and when he writes these letters to Timothy, he's not going back to elaborate on all the traveling they did together. He doesn't elaborate on what kind of accompanying person he was as a friend. He looks and writes to young Timothy, and he says, Timothy, I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God our Savior of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my dear true son, in the faith. The relationship that Timothy and Paul had, even though it was a friendship that involved the travels and the studies and the things that they did, of which Paul could later on, you know all about the things that happened to me in Iconium and Lystra and all those other places and how I was persecuted. Yet Paul writes to him about the fact that they have a relationship which is built on faith. Faith that rests solely On Christ. Now, your new pastor and I have a very close relationship. I I remember some years ago when the family of of five, little Claire, being carried as an infant, and they walked into our English service in Thousand Oaks. And after that service, he began to talk to me and I said, well, you know, wait a minute, Let, let's, let's get together sometime during the week and we can talk about what's on your heart. Because he had a heart that was concerned about serving people and he was trying to find a place where he could serve them. And we worked out an arrangement that included the study of God's word that ultimately brings us to this day today. But the relationship that we have as personal friends is really quite deep and it came to bear very vividly to me a couple of weeks ago, a month ago. We went to attend the district convention in Scottsdale and as we were driving through the streets of Phoenix and Scottsdale, my cell phone rang. And, of course, in Arizona, like here in California, without Bluetooth, don't be texting or talking. I could glance at my phone, and I realized that it was my daughter calling. She lives just a few miles up the road from us down in Thousand Oaks. And, of course, Pastor Chung has known my daughter as long as he's known me. And so I I simply handed the phone to him and told him it was Sheila. Sheila my daughter, he clicked on the phone and put it to his face and he said, hello, sister, not Sheila, sister. That reminded me of the closeness of the personal relationship that has been developed because of Christ in our relationship. what does that mean for you, the people of this congregation? It means that you have called a pastor who has a very personable, loving heart. A pastor who would like to know you so that he can serve the needs that your hearts and your souls have. A pastor who is very much A personal pastor I demonstrate that fact by in the service this morning and in this service there are in attendance people from our congregation in Thousand Oaks because of the very personal way in which Pastor Chung has touched their hearts and their lives preach Christ, your pastor comes with a heart to preach in a very personal way that Christ. But preach. The, the Apostle Paul says here, be a herald. Be an announcer of the message that the king gives to you to share with the kingdom. But when Paul charges Timothy, he asks for witnesses. He doesn't ask for witnesses from anybody in particular, except for the fact that he asks for witnesses from God. He says, Timothy, I charge you to be a herald for the king, and the king that you're going to herald that you're going to proclaim, is the one who is my witness, namely the Father who has sent his Son. And he sent his Son not only to be the perfect life for our salvation, he sent his Son not only to die on the cross, but he also appointed that Son, as Paul says here, to be the judge of the living and the dead. And Paul points to the fact fact of when that's going to happen at his appearing. In, In the Apostles' Creed, we confess the fact that this Jesus of ours will come again to judge the living and the dead. Paul says, I call on those people of the Trinity to be my witnesses that what I'm asking you to do is of such valid importance for pastor for a congregation that's vitally important many of you may not have heard pastor bork read the first page of the call form the sheet of paper that was sent to pastor chung when you ask him to become your pastor But the basic content of it is, as it says, in the name of our God, we ask you to become our pastor. We charge you in the name of Christ. For we recognize, as I would hope you still do, that it is Christ who has given some to be apostles and prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors who teach. And on the basis of that, you as a Christian congregation have asked this young man to be your pastor. You have given him a personal assignment. And I know, and I need not remind him, but I will of the seriousness to which these people have asked you to function. It comes from them, from the one who made you a pastor, your Savior in heaven. Ram. A personal relationship. A personal assignment from the one who has called us Proclaim a personal message. But it's not a message that we as individuals are to conjure up. It's not a message that we are to proclaim that fills the itching ears of what people want to hear. No, the Apostle Paul says, preach, herald the word. And in the Greek language of which the Bible was originally written, the word that we translate word is the same as the Apostle John writes in his gospel. When he says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is Christ. We would see Jesus. But as your pastors confer on you and share with you the message of the Word, they're going to remind you of the need for that Word because they are in their duty going to remind you of the seriousness of how you live, fighting constantly as you do day in and day out the old Adam, the old sinful flesh. You're in need of your pastors to proclaim to you the sternness of the law, which reminds you as a mirror of your sinfulness and the fact that by yourself you are lost and condemned creatures. For the law convicts you of your sin and assures you of eternal damnation. Hell. But no pastor should ever preach the law without reminding you of the cross. For the gospel, the good news, is what Paul also charges Timothy to proclaim. The good news which is recorded for us only in the pages of Scripture, which points us directly to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which assures us that our sins are forgiven, that we have heaven, and that we have the assurance of that eternal joy. preach Christ my son these people want you to proclaim their need and the gift that God has given to you, to me to them the message about Christ I'm a second generation pastor in the Wisconsin Senate My father was graduated from our seminary back in the 1930s. He served congregations in South Dakota, where I was born, Wisconsin, Arizona, where I grew up, even California. Went on to serve in Africa for a while and came back to Arizona before he retired. My wife's father was a pastor in the Wisconsin Senate. When he was graduated from the seminary in 1925, there were not enough calls to go around for all the graduates, and so he was assigned to teach school, grade school in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We later found out when Lois and I started dating that one of the students in her father's classroom that year he taught school in Kenosha became my mother, so our paths have crossed numerous ways. But the other thing that has happened because of two pastors in my background, my father-in-law and my own father, my blood father, I, I have a library of materials, books, many of them duplicates. And, and so what I want to encourage upon my son is the same encouragement that I had from my father-in-law and from my father to preach Christ. To preach Christ with the personal relationship. To preach Christ because he has given you a personal assignment. Preach Christ because it's his message. And as you prepare that message for these people to whom he has sent you. I know you gave me the other one I gave you in the first service, but I'm giving you two. Thicker, Thicker, bigger. But it has in this my father's handwriting from his ministry. My son preached the gospel. Amen. What does all this mean for you, the people of apostles? You have called a a very close friend, a a young man that I consider like a son in the faith. Receive him with joy and gladness, patience. When we first met years ago, and we went out to, to lunch, and we sat across the table one-on-one, and, and even to this day, from time to time, I, ha- I have to look at him and say, Paul, what did you say? Um, we, as Americans, speak with a funny accent compared to him. Or, if you will, the other way around. But because he has that personal heart and that personal relationship love in his heart, because he has that personal assignment that you have asked him to do, that he proclaimed that personal message for your hearts and your lives, be patient even with his accent. It'll grow on you. You'll learn to love it as I do. My brother in the faith, preach Christ. The peace of our God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.